This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, I say we fire away. We got a lot to do. Let's start with Jay Cohen from Wilton, Connecticut. Have you gotten any emails this week, as you have referenced in the recent past, complaining about the mistake that general manager Kevin Colbert and coach Mike Tomlin made in trading for Akello Witherspoon? There is no victory over the Ravens or comeback versus the Vikings without him. Uh, no, I haven't. You know, those those have kind of stopped. Shocking. Um, lately, though, um, I think we're going to get into this a little bit later in this particular episode. The emails about um, Akello Witherspoon have nothing to do with uh, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin acquiring him in a trade for, once again, a fifth-round pick in 2023. <laughs> Not even this coming draft. Not even this coming draft. Uh, the emails about Akella Witherspoon now are about uh, photo shoot selfies or celebrations mm, or yes. whatever that is End called. I did actually, you know, I know this violates my pursuit as rule number one. I actually did a little research into that. So I will have some, uh, I think, interesting um, news for our listeners when we get to that. But I uh, know no more. Uh, emails about the bad trade to acquire Keller Witherspoon. I also have to say that uh, I've stopped getting emails about uh, how foolish it was for the Steelers and team president Art Rooney II to sign Cam Hayward to a four-year contract extension on September 7th, 2020. Uh, that's when That was when Cam was 31 years old. Those have stopped, you don't say. Those have stopped, huh. yes, and I, 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 I just shudder to think of what the Steelers' defense would be without him. Before we move on here, do you want to do a little first down move, maybe a little celebration here, or you good? Nope. We don't have time. The okay, clock's okay. running. The clock's running. Antonio Campos from Torian, Kalua, Mexico. Is a sack credited when the play is a designed run by the quarterback? What happened when it's what happens when it's a wildcat formation and a running back gets the snap from center? Okay, uh, well, uh, stats are kept by the home team's uh, stats crew. So when a quarterback runs, uh, a judgment is made by that stats crew, whether there was any attempt to throw the ball. And if it's decided there was no attempt to throw the ball, the play is scored as a run. If the guy's tackled behind the line of scrimmage, there was no sack recorded. Uh, with regards to the running uh, Wildcat, you know, if it's a running back who takes the snap uh, and just, like, you know, powers forward into the line of scrimmage or something, uh, that would certainly be scored as a run as well. Sid McGuire from Indianapolis, Indiana. Do you think that at this point it would be a good time to let Dwayne Haskins have some meaningful playing time in a meaningful game, considering what we've seen for the past 12 games? I guess uh, Sid maybe doesn't get wow. um, um, like the Steelers-Ravens game, or maybe he doesn't have uh, – he was he had something else to do last Thursday night. <laughs> um, you know, um, I think Ben's playing pretty well. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, can you imagine the Steelers' defense – Without Cam Hayward, can you imagine the Steelers' offense without Ben at quarterback? And, you know, just just to be clear, Sid, uh, Dwayne Haskins got his meaningful playing time uh, in the preseason finale against Carolina when he was going against what largely was the Panthers' first-team defense. In that game, he showed conclusively that he is not only not ready to be a starting quarterback uh, in the National Football League, he's not even ready to be a backup. So, next summer... When you have to win three of your next four games to potentially get the AFC North, that's the time to call on Dwayne Haskins, the third-string quarterback. That's Football 101, Labs. <laughs> Peter Clark from Newberry, South Carolina. 
What the heck is the deal with that fourth quarter kickoff by Chris Boswell that went out of bounds around the three-yard line? But then there was a penalty flag that put it at the 40-yard line. Okay, Peter's referring to the Ravens game. Um, and Peter, um, the short answer, uh, that's the rule. Uh, in the NFL, when a kickoff goes out of bounds anywhere from 10 yards beyond where the ball is kicked uh, to short of the goal line, uh, it's a um, it's a penalty. And uh, the rule is, and Chuck Noll got this rule put in because in the old days, really, yes, the the penalty was five yard penalty against the kicking team. So if you kicked it out of bounds like five times in a row, they move you back 25 yards. I mean, they just keep doing this over and over and over. And so Chuck Noll um, petitioned the league. Well, I don't know, petition is the right word, but uh, he proposed that this uh, penalty that I'm going to describe replace uh, the old procedure of doing things. And so now, rather than keep doing it over and over and over again, uh, the penalty is the ball is placed 25 yards from the spot of the kick. So since NFL kickoffs happen from the 35, 25 yards puts the ball at the 40-yard line, and that's where the receiving team takes possession first and 10 going the other way. Chuck Noll changing the game. I have no idea. Well, and... In a lot of ways, that's just one of them. That's just one. Tom Ladesina from North Brunswick, New Jersey asks, it seems Steelers-Ravens games always come down to the last play. In the Mike Tomlin versus John Harbaugh era, could you tell us how many of their 30 games have been decided by seven points or fewer? Ah, they're making you hit the Google machine up here. I love it. <laughs> Good thing my Google machine works. Um Okay, following the 20-19 victory by the Steelers over the Ravens uh, at Heinz Field a couple of weeks ago, Mike Tomlin is now 14-13 and against John Harbaugh in the regular season and 2-1 and against Harbaugh in the playoffs. That gives Tomlin an overall record of 16-14 and against Harbaugh. Of those 30 games, 21 Whew. have been decided by seven points or fewer. Good chance 22 is coming at the end of the year, too. Probably. They're both going to need that game desperately, I'd say. Eh, maybe uh, there might be another game, AFC North game that day. That decides the fates. That decides who's <laughs> who's in first place the and who's battle not. battle for Ohio. You just, you just don't know. Who <laughs> would have ever thought it'd come down right. to the battle for Ohio? Jim Swartz from Cheshire, Connecticut asks, When I watch the replay of the Ravens' failed two-point conversion attempt, it is apparent T.J. Watt forced the errant throw by Lamar Jackson. The throw was rushed and difficult for Mark Andrews to catch, but Watt doesn't get credit for that. I, I don't know what you mean exactly, Jim, that he doesn't get credit. T.J. Watt doesn't get credit. Um, statistical credit, you are correct. The only thing Watt gets on the play is a pressure. Um, if you're referring to another type of credit, well, I can just remind you that Watt signed a five-year contract in early September <laughs> worth a reported $112 million total. $80 million guaranteed, which happened to make him the NFL's highest-paid defensive player. Um, I don't know. I know I don't. I won't speak for myself, but Tom told me on the way in that that's the kind of credit he's interested in. Yeah, exactly, and it's about 50 times more than the credit I usually get for doing this job. R.J. Hauser from only Winter 50. Park. Only 50 times. I get paid handsomely. R.J. Hauser from Winter Park, Florida. Why did we waste the draft pick on a punter? Presley Harvin hardly ever allows us to flip the field for a possible defensive stop. Wouldn't an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman have better served our needs? Uh, okay, RJ, I'm not going to argue with you that Presley Harvin has been inconsistent through his rookie season as a punter. 
Um, but let's just be clear here. Uh, there's not a lot of quality offensive and defensive linemen available in the seventh round of an NFL draft. Uh, on top of that, Harvin was the 254th overall pick. Okay, the total number of picks in the 2021 NFL draft, NFL draft were 259. So essentially, Harvin uh, was an undrafted rookie. Um, and I looked it up. There were no offensive or defensive linemen drafted on picks 255 to 259. So it's not as though the Steelers passed on any linemen that they couldn't then have signed as undrafted rookies. So uh, I'm willing to give Harvin a little bit of time to develop as an NFL punter. Uh, He's going to have to learn better uh, the knack of directional kicking because that's a big part of coverage Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL. And the other thing that nobody talks about uh, is – the, uh, in the NFL, they use K-balls. You know, in, in college, you can get a pretty worn football into the rotation, especially if you're at home. And those worn balls, man, they're like balloons. You can kick those a mile. <laughs> but those K-balls are like kicking gallons of milk. I mean, they are hard. They are slippery. And the league keeps them that way on purpose. So um, Presley Harvin and other uh, new punters, rookie punters, uh, have to get used to that. I think that's one of the reasons you don't see a lot of uh, rookie punters in the league at all. Usually, they're you know they, they go around, they get cut a couple of times before they finally settle in somewhere, um, and so that's what Harvin's having to deal with. The other thing that Harvin's job that is not insignificant is as a holder for Boswell, right. and as I mentioned about those K balls, they are very very slippery, and Harvin has not had a fumble or a slip or any of that stuff, and Boswell is 24 of 26, which is 92.3%, which, again, Tom, you never got those kind of grades in school. Not Otherwise, even close. You wouldn't be sitting in here in this Slip room the with, two me. And the nine. <laughs> with, 29%. Me, with me. Um, so, you know, don't underestimate the importance of being a reliable holder for Boswell, and uh, I'm willing to give him another season to figure out the, the K-balls and the directional kicking, and as I said... Um, they picked them five picks from the end of the draft. You didn't really pass on anybody who's even in the league, I don't think. And, and back to what you said about inconsistency, he's had some boomers. He's had yeah. some really good punts but this he year. But he is – I'm not going to – you know, I don't want to dismiss, you know, R.J. Hauser's point because I'm with him. Uh, I, I expected more from Harvin. Yeah. Um, haven't seen it, but – you know, I, I don't think that it was necessarily a wasted draft pick yet. No, and that holding is a huge part of the equation. Back when they were competing with Jordan Berry in training camp, Tomlin was saying it's all about the hold. we got to yeah. figure out which guy can hold. So they weighed that a lot in their decision-making. Jason Norton from Johnstown, PA, asks, After this weekend of football, it seems very possible that we may finish last in the division. It may be selective memory loss, but I don't remember a time that the Steelers were last in our division. How many times, if at all, has this happened since Chuck Knoll? Back to the Google machine. Uh, actually, here we go. Fired up. Uh, actually, I, I, I have to admit, I use the NFL record and fact book, uh, okay. which is a very, very handy little. Thanks for keeping it on the up and up here. <laughs> reference tool. Okay, it's happened twice since Chuck Knoll was hired wow. in 1969, and both times the coach was Chuck Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers were last in the was called the NFL Century Division, in 1969, they were 1-13. and 13. That was Noel's first year. And then they were last in the AFC Central Division, was called at that time, in 1988 when they were 5-1. and one. 
So greener pastures are coming, I would say. Past two times they finished in last place, they went on to have really good success the next couple of seasons. So, You predicting four Super Bowls in six seasons? Maybe they'll just get to one <laughs> like after the 88 season. Rick Spencer from Key West, Florida. In your opinion, do you think Matt Ryan would be a good option for the Steelers next year? Seems like Atlanta is willing to part ways with him. Here we go. Is we're, this a real question? We're starting with these. Is this uh, real? I'm not. I'm just going to. Lay out some uh, facts for the listeners and for Rick. Does Rick watch Matt Ryan play football? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe down in Key West you get a lot of Falcons. <laughs> um, uh, Matt's under contract with the Falcons through the 2023 season. So that means, you know, um, parting ways with him, Atlanta, I'm sure that would be a trade. Because if they cut him, I think it's a $40 million dead cap hit. Oh. So I don't think see that happening. Um, also... If they traded him, it would be the same dead money cap hit, right. but at least they would get some picks uh, in return. Okay. Matt Ryan will be 37 in May. Ben's in 39. So, to me, that's pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Um, and his contract, which you uh, have to assume, uh, it, not assume, I mean uh, take on, uh, 2022 calls for him to be paid about $24 million. Uh, and as we are right now, Matt Ryan is behind Roethlisberger, again, two years older, uh, in overall passer rating this season and in fourth quarter passer rating this season. So um, I guess you can figure out what I think of the Matt Ryan acquisition just from those facts as I laid them out. I would spend every day in the offseason trying to talk Ben Roethlisberger into not retiring if it was between him and signing or trading for Matt Ryan. Trading for Matt but Ryan. But that's just me. Yeah. yeah. Larry Dusak from Lexington, Kentucky. With all of the criticism of the offensive and defensive lines, why can't we get a straightforward status update on Steph Tuitt and Zach Banner? They are integral parts of those underachieving lines. Um, okay, Larry, uh, I'll give you. I'll, let's start with Zach Banner. Uh, he's on the 53-man roster. He's been active for the team's last five games. Um, he's a regular participant in practice. He's active on game days. There's no updates. I mean, um, you know, he's like the other 47 guys who are active on game days. Uh, if Larry is asking why isn't Zach Banner in the starting lineup, that's a different issue. Uh, and the only thing I can tell you is obviously the coaches don't think he's one of the two best offensive tackles uh, on the roster at this point. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the best I can tell you on Zach Banner. Uh, Stephon Tuitt, we've gone through this throughout the season. Uh, he's on injured reserve, and the rules uh, for that are that when a player is on injured reserve, uh, you don't have to provide weekly updates on him. You don't. He's he's not on the roster, so he's not a factor on game day. Um, and so that's the end of that. I mean, um, you know, players um, – I'm confident that if Tuitt was ready to return, the Steelers would be as interested in it happening as you are. Uh, but outside of that, we are not entitled to any more detailed information about his status. And so while it may be frustrating, um, the only thing I can tell you is you know, we all have to deal with it as it is. And you know what? We shouldn't be entitled to any more information regarding that status. That's his own thing. He needs to work through it on his own. Yeah, right. He, he deserves as much space as possible. I will say... He's probably not coming back in 2021. I think we can I mean, assume that is safe right now. Yeah, we're we're pretty far along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, figuring he would take a couple to get back three in weeks. Shape. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, uh, that's. But who knows? But yes, that's what I would assume. 
And finally, Ted Stice from St. Petersburg, Florida. Here's your Akella Witherspoon email. Oh, coming right back around. I love ending things going full circle, Labs. Well done. What is your opinion of the defense running to the end zone for a photo shoot after the interception by Akella Witherspoon when the score was 29-7? to Seems a little ridiculous to me when the defense had done nothing up until that point. Also, what does Coach Mike Tomlin think of actions like that? And does the team levy fines for it? Uh, okay, uh, Ted, um, I'll, my personal opinion is I, I'm not a proponent of displays like that, and specifically the situation that you described, losing 29-7, to uh, I thought it was kind of cringeworthy. Uh, but I'm an old man. I'm cranky. I mean, literally old, chronologically <laughs> uh, cranky. And so um, I just want to throw that out there, that my um, feelings on things – um, might not be uh, as hip as maybe some of the younger people. <laughs> so I just want to lay that all out there. You're hip. Come on. You think? Yeah, you're hip. Um, but let me here's – some, <laughs> here's some facts. Um, the NFL actually encouraged those photo shoot things during the 2020 season. And, in fact, oh, the, league, right. the league set up those cameras right. uh, because a lot of teams were playing in empty stadiums. And so uh, the league encouraged that kind of thing to – Kind of lend a little excitement into the broadcasts, um, trying to make it, you know, more fan friendly, fan interactive, or whatever. So um, that all started with the league, and so the NFL is somewhat complicit with what we're seeing now. Now, fans should also realize that the league is is embracing and even marketing marketing player celebrations. Uh, uh, the day I think it's the night before the Super Bowl. They call it the NFL Honors Show. Last year's was the 10th annual. It was televised in primetime on CBS. The host was Steve Harvey. They actually presented an award to the Seattle Seahawks for the best touchdown celebration of the year. They had a trophy made up. They gave <laughs> it to Russell Wilson, who was in attendance. Um, so there's that. Uh, another award handed out during that very same telecast, the NFL Honors, was for the, quote, Bud Light Selly of the Year. Okay? So this is the league now. Uh, NFL Films has done a half-hour show. You know, they do, like, uh, top ten comebacks, right. top ten rivalries. Now they did one, uh, top ten end zone celebrations. Uh, NFL Network recognizes best end zone celebrations each week. NFL.com each week carries a video titled Tap Into the End Zone in which fans are invited to, quote, check out the top end zone celebrations from week and then it's whatever week of the NFL season we're in. Uh, so my point is that these kinds of things have been and still are endorsed. They're promoted. They're used as content by the NFL. And in a lot of situations, as with the Bud Light Sully of the Week, um, the league gets sponsorship money <laughs> In return, cha-ching cha -ching yeah. for those. And, you know, Anheuser-Busch is not exactly a minor, uh, you know, this is not uh, Joe's Bar and Grill down on the corner. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is have a, money to spend. They huh? have money some sp to spend, and so um, they spend it. So at this point, you know, when this kind of stuff happens, if it's not a penalty for taunting, okay, which it is not those – that those uh, team celebration photos, photos. Right, you're not doing it in the face of another right, player. Right. Um, so if it's not a penalty, um, you know, it's it, it's something that's 
as I said, promoted and used as content by the NFL. So if you're expecting a team or a team's coach to fine or otherwise discipline players for those kinds of things, I mean, forget about it. The league, as I said, endorses it. It makes money on it. Uh, it promotes it. That ship sailed. Look, as a young millennial in the room, I love the celebrations. I think it's fun, but time and place. Yeah. Time and place for them. You Absolutely. have to have some situational awareness to not run into the end zone and do a photo shoot. If that was an interception when they were down by one score, go bananas as yeah. far as I'm concerned. But 29-7? to seven, oh, you're, eh. absolu- you're absolutely right. But, um, you know, it's as I said, that, that who knows? Maybe it ends up on uh, top ten um, – <laughs> whatever it's called on NFL Network. Maybe the Steelers will get a trophy after all. <laughs> Selly of the year because of a Keller Witherspoon. That's all the time we're going to give you today here on Asked and Answered. For Bob Labriola, I am Tom Opperman. As always, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We will talk to you again next week.